horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. All right, great to have you back with us here on Winning Ponies. Uh, we've got an interesting uh, schedule of guests lined up. Um, one is a first-time starter, even though many, many moons ago, 18 years ago, we worked together. He might have been my assistant, uh, but he eventually went on to become the, uh, the track announcer at River Downs and then the track announcer at Evangeline and then uh, the track announcer, oh, where was that out west? He's got such a long resume. Uh, but now he is the director of the University of Louisville equine program a program that he himself graduated from uh back in 1986 his name is sean Byrne. he's been played a lot of roles in the industry and it'll be a homecoming of sorts he's has moved back from i believe colorado and uh, settled into uh his hometown, Louisville, he's closer to his wife's family, his family. Uh, so uh, it'll be fun catching up with Sean for sure and see what's going on at the University of Louisville. I know that a big basketball upset over the weekend. And then as I checked out the bio of our second guest, Ryan Martin, he's my go-to guy at the fairgrounds, as you know. Um, he's another guy that grew up in Louisville, and uh, he graduated from the University of Louisville's equine industry program, something I had kind of overlooked. And just by accident, they're ending up on the same show. So they'll be our two guests, uh, Good racing down at the fairgrounds. Uh, it's time to see those prep races uh, for uh, eventually the Louisiana Derby and uh, the uh, fairgrounds Oaks, uh, which may be the uh, uh, Alexandra now. I'm not sure if they did change the race on the race name on that or not, but either way. Uh, Good racing down at the fairgrounds, uh, and also I believe there's going to be six stakes on the card. We're going to look at three of them, uh, the LeCompte, that's for the three-year-old boys, and then the Silver Bullet Day for the three-year-old fillies, and uh, the Colonel Bradley Handicap, supposed to go a mile and a 16th, but no surprise if you're looking at weather maps, might be a rainy day. Well, before I get on to some of the national news, I uh, want to remind everybody uh, that we also have this week coming up the Sunshine Millions program. So uh, you're definitely going to want to get out your easy win forms. Of course, uh, you know, the, the Sunshine uh, Millions, uh, a great series of stakes races down at Gulfstream Park. And uh, let's take a look at some of last week's hits from the easy win forms offered here at winningponies.com. Okay, uh, Santa Anita, before the rains came uh, last week, had a $1 super high five of $1,680. Gulfstream Park, that's going to be hosting the Maryland Millions, I had a $1 super high five of $1,568. And followed that just yesterday with a $1 super that paid $1,441. I'm not going to take up valuable airtime giving you all the great results we've had, but if you go to winningponies.com, check it out. They're all right there for you to look at at winningponies.com. Okay, well, uh, mentioned the rain. If you've been watching the national news tonight, you saw the uh, just horrendous scenes uh, of the rain out in California. You know, first they had the fires. Now there's no trees to uh, solidify the earth, shall we say, and the floods are just getting really bad, but uh, uh, the rain just keeps coming, and because of that, <clears throat> the uh, Santa Anita canceled uh, today's program. Unbelievable, according to the director of racing, uh, Don Edison, 
Uh, they had almost three inches of rain there in the morning and a prediction of two to three inches during the day. So now Santa Anita does plan to reschedule to cancel races as early as Sunday or Monday. And then they're going to put on 10 race programs. Uh, they're going to be scheduled for those races to make up uh, for, for the races. So uh, now the 10 race program this Saturday is uh, scheduled to begin at noon. So uh, all I can say is they came in Wednesday and they have uh, stayed reporting flooding. Now, what that's done is it has limited Accelerate's training program for the $9 million Pegasus World Cup that's coming up next week. Now, he's the expected favorite, but John Sadler said on uh, just today that uh, he's had an easy gallops on the training track in recent days, but the main track's been closed for training because of the rain, and he said Accelerate remains on schedule for the Pegasus World Cup, but the date of his final workout has not been determined. Uh, he says we need to get this one out of here. Uh, this morning, and he says, uh, maybe we can work Saturday or Sunday. He could work as late as Monday, and it's hard to say what the track will look like. Now, in addition to the Breeders' Cup Classic win, um, he also includes uh, five grade one races just last year, including the Sanity to Handicap in March, the Pacific Classic in August. He's now won over $5.7 million. And again, uh, the voting is still out. Is it justify or is it accelerate? We will find out. I believe they're going to draw for the Pegasus Cup on Tuesday. So we're still seeing horses uh, come in and uh, late entry, shall I say. Uh, this uh, Aerolith, if I'm saying his name right, just came in from Japan uh, from the Pegasus Cup today. And uh, he's one of... I think 10 prospective starters uh, for the uh, Pegasus turf, uh, which uh, Yoshida's in there, Next Shares, and Magic Wand probably look like the early favorites. Now, the newest names on the current confirmed list, my man Ron Paolucci, WW, a last out Churchill Downs allowance winner. He purchased him privately, being trained by Bob Hess, and maybe pointing to the $7 million Pegasus turf. Now, uh, we've got horses shipping from Japan, and we also have City of Light. The three-time grade one winner is preparing for his start in the Pegasus World Cup. This will be a swan song, uh, no matter what, the $9 million Pegasus Cup. And they say he got here in good order, traveled in good order. He, he's, he's a good shipper. Uh, trained Mike McCarthy says everything's just gone fine. Of course, uh, the richest race in North America, the Pegasus Cup, will be the final race for City of Light. And then he is going directly after the race to Lane's End Farm. Mike McCarthy said it's a little bittersweet, but he deserves it. And uh, let's not forget that he had that front-running $1 million Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile at Churchill Downs. Uh, very impressive. And, of course, the Dirt Miles, Milers make the best stallions, most people say. So City of Light is in there. And then uh, there's going to be some, uh, you know, uh, switches in the saddle. Uh, one of them is Flavian Pratt is going to ride Audible in the Pegasus World Cup. Of course, he's a leading rider in the South California circuit. And remember, he won the Florida Derby last year. Uh, Audible did. Now, he's had some different tr uh, jocks, um, and uh, he, you know, has uh, been ridden by uh, John Velasquez and, um, let's see, Javier Castellano, uh, but uh, pretty much Windstar Farms said, well, if those two guys aren't available, and it looks like they're not, Velasquez has the call on 2017 Clark handicap winner seeking the soul and Castellano's named on the horse we just mentioned 
City of Light. So Flavian Pratt, the young man who's just been an absolute sensation, will be getting his ride in the biggin. So uh, let's take a look. I want to make sure I get the races we looked at last week. You may recall there was a uh, meteor shower out there in Arizona, and our signal got broken up towards the end of the show, and I I lost Brian Zipsy, uh, but did my best to ferret out some horses that we liked in the tropical turf at Gulfstream Park. And the winner in there was at 5-1, to one, uh, Shug McGahee trainee, Dr. Monty, a son of Street Sense, got the job done. And in the second spot was the pretty much even money favorite, Heart to Heart, that had all that good speed. Had to settle in the third spot behind 10 to 1, your only man. And then moving on to the grade three, Marshawas River. Of course, this time of year, except for next week, and there's not that many big races. So we were a little lean on the graded stakes races last week. But we did go to the Marshawas River, and what a great ride by Javier Castellano aboard Belleve. Sent away at two to one. Uh, had the rail, didn't get the lead, but stayed right there. Saved ground, was rated very nicely by Javier, and then slipped through quickly on the rail and pulled away from the field. I'm Betty G, who had the lead most of the way, settled for the second spot. And then third was the lightly raced French horse, La Signière. Jose Ortiz in the saddle there. Well, that's a look at the national news. I didn't get to all of it because there was too much of it. But nonetheless, more importantly than that, we're coming up with Sean Byrne, who's heading up the UFL equine education program. And he has a very storied past in his many adventures in thoroughbred racing. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and back with me, a uh, friend for a long time over the years. You know, it, it is, uh, you know, pretty amazing how many people have the bloodlines of River Downs in, in their pedigree. I mean, the late, great uh, uh, Terry Wallace, uh, the, the basketball coach at Cincinnati, uh, you, you know, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think, uh, you know, some of the other uh, people that came out of there. Well, of course, Mike Battaglia called there. Uh, Kevin Gomer called there. Um, uh, Pete Aiello. 
and uh, a guy that was once our publicity assistant 18 years ago at River Downs, went to Chicago for a little while, and then came back to be at the Rivers, VP of Racing and Track Announcer. None other than Sean Byrne. I can't read his whole resume. This show's only an hour. How are you doing, Sean? Hi, John. How are you tonight? I'm good now that you're on the show. I was really happy and proud to uh, see that, you know, I was, it was, you were a hard guy to keep tracks of for a while. I mean, you know, you went from River Downs, uh, and I'm going to say this, and then you correct me when I'm wrong, uh, to Evangeline, and then from there to Arapahoe Park, and then from there involved in another part of the industry uh, with Roberts Communications, and I remember, one of the things I remember the last time I saw you leaving River Downs is you were leaving with a University of Louisville golf bag over your shoulder that you were given as a going away present, and now you're back. Congratulations. Thanks, John. I can't tell you what an honor and, and, and it is to be home. I'm so happy to be back in Louisville, Kentucky, and at my alma mater, the University of Louisville. It's, it's truly an honor. Now, you obviously have uh, a beautiful wife, and you have two daughters. Those They've left the nest ever since. And also, when I was scrolling back, I'm going to rewind real quick. You were once a hot walker for D-Way and Lucas. That's right. When I was in college, I wanted to get a feel for what it would be like to work on the backstretch. I wanted that background when I eventually got to work to a racetrack. I volunteered, and I walked hots for a summer, and it was really cool because I started out with um, Karen McLaughlin, who was his assistant trainer at the time for D. Wayne, and then I ended up uh, with Mark Henning to finish out the meet, and I walked a couple of stake swinners, including a really nice mare named Luthier's Launch, who was my favorite. Um, I walked uh, uh, Icy Folly, who won the Bashford Manor. Um, I, I did walk the Great Open Mind. I had the opportunity to walk her once. Wow. Um, and I actually, yeah, I actually saw Coach at EquestraCon a couple weeks ago, and I walked up to him and I said, Mr. Lucas, I worked for you. <laughs> and he was like, did you? <laughs> when? And I told him. And he goes, that would have been Henning and McLaughlin. And I said, uh, yep. And he goes, two good guys to work for. Wow, that is great. That is great. Now, another thing is when you walked out of uh, the river with those golf clubs over your shoulder and the nice uh, signature U of L bag, you went from there. I want to talk a little bit about the culture shock of all of a sudden going to uh, Karen. I'm not going to say it right. Karenko, Louisiana at Old Evangeline Downs. What was the culture shock going yeah. from? Cincinnati down there. It was it was a completely different world. It's Karen Crow. Um, I went down. It was the hardest decision I've ever made in my life uh, professionally. I had a great job at River Downs. I was working with great people, you know. And I owe a lot. You know, I'm going to pat you on the back here, John. I owe a lot to you and Kevin Gomer. You guys really were tough on me when I first came up. But you showed me the ropes, and you really, really hardened me up. And this is a tough industry, and and you guys kind of helped make me who I am. But I went down to Evangeline, and I, I we started out in Lafayette. And the idea, the reason I went is they had just been purchased by a casino company called Peninsula Gaming. And the plan was to move the old track 10 miles up the road to a new location in Karen Crow that was legal for gaming. And they were able to, well, it was actually in Opelousas, and they moved the track up to Opelousas, and I was involved in the buildup of a racino from the ground up, and it was just an incredible experience. I did three years there, and you're right. It was absolute culture shock. Um, it was a completely different world. Um, it's a very French Catholic. Um, it takes a while to be accepted into the group down there. And it took me a long time. I, I will tell you, I'll give you a funny story. You remember Lloyd Romero, the, the famous trainer from, yeah. he had hallowed dreams who won 17 races in a row down there. She was a, a rock star down at Evangeline Downs. And she, she, every time he put the, the, the bridle on her, she just ran off. And most of her races were five, five and a half furlongs, but she was a star, but he was served on the HBPA and he was just a tough old, Cajun trainer, 
a tough old bird. And he, I'll never forget, the night I was leaving, he walked up to me and he said, Sean, when you first got here, we didn't like you. We like you now. Why are you leaving? And it's the best compliment <laughs> I ever got while I was down there. It was from Lloyd Romero. <laughs> Wow, that is that is fantastic. Well, let's shift gears again. You and the family packing up and going to Arapahoe Park, another cultural uh, change of venue. Yeah, a couple of the guys that were in the ownership group that bought Evangeline Downs had left, and they were buying the uh, uh, Lincoln Greyhound track up in Rhode Island, and part of that involved purchasing the tracks out in Colorado. And the thought was that they were going to run a ballot initiative and get gaming there. Um, gaming's up in the mountain towns, but they were hoping to get it in Arapahoe Park in Denver proper. And uh, they asked me to come out, and I went out and I did a three-year stint. And I actually, uh, it, it's the only time I've ever in my life lost a job. And it, I'll never forget, we were making a... Um, a run towards a ballot initiative and we really had a good team assembled and I felt great about it. We were sitting in the room. We had all the players. We had everybody in state that you want to have when you make one of these moves. And um, I remember our boss coming in and saying, something's happened back in Rhode Island. We're going to have to pull the plug. He got fired the next day and I got let go two days later after the end of the meet. And it was just a budget cut. And that's when I landed at uh, Roberts Communications. Wow, unbelievable. Now, introduce us to how you went full circle and got back to L, the very school that you graduated from, at the, and about the position you're now holding. Yeah, I was, um, I was working for Todd. Uh, Roberts and we were, you know, they do the simulcast uplink data communications, video streaming and archiving. And while I was doing that, Todd was gracious enough to allow me to serve on the Colorado Racing Commission. I did an eight year stint as a regulator and it was an interesting switch to go from being in front of racing commissions, talking to racing commissioners, representing tracks, meeting with horsemen to going to the other side of the table and being a regulator where you actually had, to, you know, you took the public into consideration, and I'm not saying not the tracks don't, but the public obviously comes first when you're a regulator. And then, you know, all that that deals with, dealing with the, the medication issues and all the other things. So I developed a pretty vast background, and I was able to go, because of my background, I got an opportunity to teach a couple of classes down at U of A, that's the Arizona program, and I always kept touch with the Louisville program because I was the seventh graduate out of the equine program when it started back in the day. And I always wanted to go in and teach a class and, you know, impart some of my wisdom on the graduates coming out. Cause I've, I've been through a lot and I really thought there was a lot that I could teach them. And fortunately, uh, unfortunately rather Tim Capps got ill and a spot came open in this class to come in and fill in for him. And I did, I did so with the hope that Tim would get better. And I was just filling in for a week. And this was back in April of 2017. He suffered a stroke. And unfortunately he passed on a couple of weeks after I had been in Louisville and it was a big loss for the program. And they opened up the job, and my wife for years has been telling me I ought to be in education. She's been telling me for a long time I ought to do something like this. I ought to give it a try. The job came open. I took a shot. I put my, my resume in. I had a really good uh, interview, and I went in, and it was a long, grueling interview. And um, they offered me the job, and, and I came home, and I started November 1st. I, I am so happy and, shall I say, proud of you for a guy who may have been a little rough on you, but that was only to make you a better person, Sean, not to bust your chops. <laughs> Absolutely not, John. I have the ultimate respect for you guys. You guys you guys put me through the ropes, and, it, it, and it, I wouldn't be where I'm at today if it wasn't for those kinds of experiences and if it wasn't for the experience that I got in the program laying the foundation for everything that I needed to do to be able to be where I am today. And, and the program itself, you know, I know we're going to talk about that shortly, but it really holds a special place in my heart. And 
I'm glad now that I get to come back and, and take it forward, take it forward and hopefully upward. Well, I think, Sean, what's interesting is because of, A, your experiences, and B, what has happened in racing over the past 20 years, that you're getting to bring a lot of new things uh, to the program itself because the times they are are changing. That's true. And, you know, um, I've I've had the opportunity to work at a family owned racetrack. I've worked at a casino-owned racetrack, and I've worked at a hybrid of the two. So I've had the opportunity to work in all three. I've also worked for a vendor to the industry, so I've dealt with all different types of ownership groups and in my business dealings representing Todd. So I do bring a lot to the table. I bring a lot of life experience, a lot of racing in the industry experience. And to be honest with you, that's one of the reasons I got hired. I got hired because of my connections to the industry, and I got hired because I'm going to try and bring the program a little bit more back to its roots, which includes racing and research. Those are going to be our two big topics over the next two years. We're really going to work on moving back towards a racing curriculum and also really, really working on the research end of things to get out publications and help not only our partners, the tracks in the state of Kentucky, but on a national level as well. Well, uh, Sean, I mean, you're right there with the Twin Spires in your backyard. Are, are there any programs or experiences uh, that uh, that Churchill Downs has opened their doors to to let your students get an inside look at what's going on in racing? Absolutely. They've been really good partners. They've hired a number of our graduates over the years. Um, we have a relationship with them in the Kentucky Derby Museum. Uh, we're doing backstretch. We, we do backstretch tours. Um, they've been a really good partner for us and we're looking forward to taking that to the next level. We have a lot of graduates working over there. I I can think of three or four offhand. Um, our students go over and help out a lot. Um, when they had the, uh, backstretch day a couple of weeks ago during the live meet, we got an opportunity to go to that. We bought a table for that so we could participate in, in that wonderful cause as well. And most of our students volunteer to help make those events happen. So we do send a lot of students over to Churchill to participate in things. They work there on Derby Day. They work with NBC and some of the broadcasts during Derby time. So our students are very active. It's only a mile or two. It's, it's probably less than two miles from my office. Well, Sean, listen, I'm going to bring you a little surprise here or throw you a little bit of a curve. Uh, my next guest is Ryan Martin, who is, I call, my go-to guy in the Crescent City down at the fairgrounds. And he's a graduate, like you, of the U of L equine program. Ryan Martin, are you with us right now? I am with you. All right. Well, listen, I want you to tell Sean Byrne, uh, what you gained out of the program and what, now that you're in the industry, you think there might be something about the U of L equine program that, that could be an addition or a plus, uh, you know, whatever positive input you can give him. He's new in his position. You're a graduate. You're out there lucky enough working in the equine program. Sean, let me introduce you to Ryan Martin. Hey, Ryan. Sean and I have met once before. We... I'm well, I'm well, Sean. Yeah, we met at EquestraCon earlier this year. And, uh, yeah, I believe, Sean, I believe you said you uh, you know uh, one of my bosses down here, Mr. Jason Boulay. That's right. I know Jason. We hired Jason as our racing secretary at Evangeline Downs. He's a very good man. Yeah, Jason's a great guy. Uh, but but in, as far as my experience with the program is concerned, I will say that in a lot of ways it certainly showed a lot of improvement. Uh, I originally, and a lot, not a lot of people know this, but I originally was not enrolled in the program, and one of the reasons was because I didn't really know it was there. Uh, the, the program has done a much better job of marketing itself. As a matter of fact, there are even ads for the program uh, when you, when you uh, fly into the Louisville airport. Uh, there's, there's, there's displays there promoting the program. Uh, they, they have done a much better job of, of putting themselves out there and marketing themselves. I, I do believe, you know, I, I heard you earlier in the interview say that we're going to uh, gear more toward a racing curriculum. 
uh, under Tim Caps. A lot of that curriculum was racing based, and and I'm always happy to hear that it's even going to go more into that direction. Uh, but one thing that I will say that the program could improve on, and it's not just this program, it's any major at, at any college for the most part. What I've gained, uh, and, and don't get me wrong, I've gained plenty from the program, but I've gained a lot of knowledge and experience and wisdom from work outside of the classroom uh, more than I have inside. So one thing that I think would be a great idea is to develop some form of a co-op program I know that the Speed School of Engineering has that and where they make students work for a semester before they can graduate to gain real-world experience. And, look, your studies are important. Studying for tests are important. Going to class is important. All of that is, I'm not knocking any of that, but what's equally as important, if not more important, is gaining experience outside of the classroom and gaining experience in the real world. And not only is it important for, for, for students to, to see that, but it gives them an idea of, of what they might want to do in the real world. Uh, I also think it would be a great idea to uh, incorporate some hands-on experience with horses. I know that that may sound unnecessary because a lot of the students already have it, but believe it or not, there are a few students in the program, myself included, that did not get any hands-on experience until after college. So I went all through school and didn't really have any hands-on experience with horses. I didn't work with horses until I prepped yearlings at Claiborne a year after I graduated school. But it's good to hear that, uh, that the program is going in the right direction. Uh, Sean, I have, I have no doubt you're going to take it uh, in, in the right direction and keep, keep um, you know, doing what, what continuing Tim Capp's work. We've got a very strong alumni base, uh, Liz Crow, uh, Jason Barkley, Jack Sisterson, Mike Riccio, uh, my good friend Liam Benson, who's doing good things at TaylorMade. Uh, so we've got a strong alumni base, and it, it sounds like a very strong captain running the ship. Thanks, Jason. Well, what do you say, Sean? That's a, a pretty darn good endorsement. I think it's great advice, and uh, I'm so blessed that you know my producer... It is, John, and, and he's absolutely right. You know, I, I've been asking the same questions about the co-op program since I've come back. The co-op was how I got my job at River Downs, and that launched my career. He's absolutely right. Um, I took it upon myself to work on that on the backstretch when I was in college just to get hands-on horse experience. He's absolutely on the mark for that. We've got a lot of our students working over at the Keeneland Sales um, a lot of our students have been working, doing some work with TaylorMade and some of the other farms in Lexington in addition to their classwork. He's absolutely on the mark. And he's right about our database of, of graduates. We've got over 300 graduates out in the field. Um, we just have we've started reaching out to them again. Um, I know that we've had some, some contact with them in the past. We've started reaching out to them. We started a newsletter again. Um, we've, we've built a private Facebook page for just our alumni only. They're the only ones who have access to it. Um, and I did that for a twofold reason. One, I want them to help our graduates when our graduates come out. But B, I want to be able to help them as well. If they're looking to move up somewhere, maybe take that next step, you know, um, maybe a couple years from now or maybe next year, who knows. Maybe it's time for Ryan to move up to an assistant general manager or a GM somewhere, and that job comes open. I want him to be able to know that, you know, he can go to our website, and if it's there, if somebody tells me about it, I'll, I'll make sure that it's there so those guys know about it. So that's really important for our graduates to do well and go out and be a beacon for our programs, and that's, that's the most important thing for us. It is, and I just love this synergistic effect uh, that we're having right at this moment. And uh, I, I know that you and Ryan, I'm pretty sure, are friends on Facebook. Uh, he, he's he's a pretty sharp guy from everything I've uh, known about him in the last few months, and uh, I think would be a good resource uh, just for ideas like he had this evening, Sean. And uh, as you said, there's there's many others out there that have graduated from your program. Before I have to go to break, Sean. If somebody is interested in getting involved in the program, what are the steps they need to take? 
They can do one of two things, John. They can go to our website at uh, business.louisville.edu slash equine, or they can give us a call in the equine industry office. It's 502-852-7617. We'd love to get them involved in the, in the program. And remember, I, I don't think we talked about this a lot earlier. It is a business program. And that's the wonderful thing about it. You're getting marketing, you're getting accounting, you're getting finance, you're getting management, you're getting all the, the core skills you need from a business standpoint, but you're also getting a slant towards the racing industry and towards the equine industry. And that's what makes it unique. And that's what makes our students unique when they come out of the program. Well, Sean, it's great to hear your voice again. I know we've got it on our calendar to get together pretty soon. We're not that far apart geographically anymore. So I look forward to that day, and I thank you for being on. And I'm so happy and, shall I say, proud of your new position. Thanks, Sean. It's been a pleasure. And thanks for letting me talk to Ryan. It was good to hear him and and speak with him there for a moment or two. All right. You guys stay connected. Until then... I thank Sean Byrne for being on the program. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be with my go-to guy in the Crescent City, Ryan Martin. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and uh, I kind of snuck him into the program a little bit early, but it was uh, it was an excellent uh, reason to bring him in, and I could tell Sean was happy to uh, talk to a graduate of the equine program at the New University of Louisville. And again, we are uh, talking to uh, you know Ryan Martin. He's a Louisville boy growing up. Of course, he uh, would go to the track as a young man to Churchill Downs, and uh, now he has moved up as the media. Relations coordinator at the fairgrounds and has been a big help to me this time of year because I love watching all those prep races down at the fairgrounds. 
Martin Ryan, Ryan Martin, that was uh, that was a great uh, early uh, visit for you. I'm glad you uh, you you got online uh, early in the program. It was great to hear you and Sean going back and forth. Obviously, that uh, education you got at U of L uh, has paid off. Yeah, it certainly has. And uh, and and like I said, I you know, and I can't I can't echo it enough. I mean, the the program there was great. Uh, you know, what I learned there was was very valuable. And and it and it sounds to me like Sean Byrne is is doing a great job, uh, really picking up where Mr. Caps left off. Well, you probably didn't tune in early enough. I mean, I couldn't read his resume because I'd still be reading it right now. I wouldn't have even brought Sean <laughs> onto the program. But I do remember him as a young whippersnapper at River Downs. And uh, uh, Kevin Gomer and I had a lot of fun at his expense sometimes. Uh, but we did let him ease into the television world. We had a, a, a weekly show on ABC in the Cincinnati area called The Stretch Run. And we uh, let Sean do a feature or two, you know. That was kind of his uh, debut uh, uh, tape. And then uh, Kevin went up to Chicago uh, to become the voice of Chicago. He called all three thoroughbred tracks. And then Sean started out as the track announcer at River Downs and then went on to be the announcer at three other tracks. Uh, so he's, he's led an interesting career. And uh, he's in the right spot for sure. But it's great to talk to you. Uh, because you're somebody that's come through the program. I thought you gave him some good advice, particularly about the hands-on. There's just so much you can learn about in the classroom, in the books, even though it's coming from a, a very good uh, uh, teacher slash professor. Uh, you got to get out there and do it and find out the pitfalls and the highlights y- yourself in the environment in which you're going to work, which I, I think in what some of the things you did makes you more comfortable on the backstretch and approachable uh, to trainers that are going to be in some of the big races uh, coming up in the fairgrounds over the season. Yeah, definitely. And and look, even if you have no intention on being a trainer or, or a vet or even a bloodstock agent, it's important to get that hands-on experience because it helps you sort of understand and respect and love the animal itself. Uh, and it also, if you get that hands-on experience, the trainers and horsemen are going to respect you a little bit more because you understand their work a little bit better. And it's hard work. Right. Yeah, yeah. you're not just like, you know, uh, jumping out of a car and walking up to some stud and start patting him on the nose and end up going away with uh, only four fingers on the hand you had. You know, you, you know how to handle yourself. Right. And, you know, there's the respect that, that goes along with it. Well, um, I, I do want to talk to you about these races because you you know, I, I know the Maryland Millions is this week, but some of their fields came up, I think, a little bit short. And you've got some of the best bettable races uh, in, in the country uh, this week. And uh, because we're going to pass our, our next commercial spot so I can spend more time with you, Ryan, um, I want to get right to a race. First of all, let me set the stage. I understand you're going to have a rainy weekend. Is that true? Uh, unfortunately that, that looks like the case. And so that being said, you know, we don't, it's really hard to tell whether or not the stakes will come off the grass or not. Um, but I'm sort of, I'm kind of splitting my mind one way versus another and, and, you know, kind of going to just, just prepare for the storm. No pun intended. Right. Well, there was a, there's a race on your car that today, Mike Watchmaker in the Daily Racing Forum said, this is one heck of a betting race, and I agree. We're talking about the grade three, LeCompte, 200,000. The three-year-old's got to start stretching out sometime, and this is the time. These are horses that will probably take the uh, Risen Star path, perhaps, to the Louisiana Derby. They're very lightly raced, lightly tested, and in the LeCompte, uh, unlike the Silver Bullet Day, very little experience on the main track on the slop. Now, let me just run down the horses that come to the top for me, and you know a lot better who they are. But my long shot pick in the LeCompte is a 30 to 1 shot by the name of Night Ops. Night Ops did break its, or almost break its maiden, comes into this race as a maiden off a mile and an eighth in the slop. 
Keep the Sormo trains. This horse has been at Del Mar, Churchill, Keeneland, back to Churchill, has been trained at Santa Anita, put a bullet work in last time, but it's the only horse that has at least a second place finish on the slop at 30 to 1 he's going to be on my ticket now to get to maybe my headliner and that would be war of will now this is a horse that, that because he was by Warfront, they raced him exclusively on the turf early in his career didn't get his first win until he raced on a sloppy track going long and, uh, you know, I think he was, uh, if, if you go back and look at his pedigree, um, his damn Visions of Clarity is a half-sister to Spinning World who won the 1997 Breeders' Cup Mile. So it's the only one to uh, win on the slop. And um, that was uh, pretty much a, a hand ride in his last race victory. The other two that will be on my ticket are Tight 10 a son of Tappet, you probably heard of him before, and this horse is only a one-time winner, but I think you got to put a line through the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, and my God, you look at this horse's trouble line, he's like a teenager that lives on the south side of Chicago. This horse has been in trouble every single start of his race, and rounding out my quartet of picks in here is a horse I will mispronounce, Plu Parfait, who's a Brennan Walsh trainee that put in a huge run in the Kentucky Jockey Club stakes, a grade two race of which there's not a lot of horses that have performed in, in uh, graded stakes races other than, uh, I'm going to say his name wrong too, uh, Roland, who's 12 to one, Brian Blinkers on for Tom Amos. He ran fifth in that race after a slow break. I mean, you talk about one heck of a betting race. You got it in the 12th at the fairgrounds. Yeah, no, and I will, I will say, I think you and I are pretty much on the same page. I've got all those horses circled with the exception of tight 10. Uh, but, you know, going back to, to your, the first horse you talked about, Night Ops, you know, he's still a maiden. He's 30 to 1. He's the longest shot morning line in the race. And he certainly merits a chance given his, his real nice run uh, over the slop last time out. But let me tell you what really does it for me, that, for, does it for me with this horse. Two words, Keith DeSormo. This man is one of the most underrated trainers, if not the most underrated trainer in the country, and he does not ship horses to halfway across the country in big races like this for his health. A couple of years ago, he did that with Sonneteer in the Rebel Stakes, and people probably thought he was crazy for doing it. The horse went off at 112 to 1, and he ran second behind Malagasy, a horse of Pletcher's. So Night Ops, you better believe, will be on my ticket. And I spoke with Keith DeSormo just the other day, one of the things that fascinates me about this man is that he spent. He goes to these sales, and his horses are not expensive. They're no. horses that are purchased for very little money. Look at Texas Red, seventeen thousand. My boy Jack, twenty thousand. Exaggerator was just north of a hundred thousand, but that's cheap considering what he did. I mean, he's ended up winning three Grade One races, one of which was an American Classic, and so Night Ops might not win. But look for a big run from that horse. Yeah, I'm not leaving him off my ticket by, by any stretch of the imagination. Then, Well, who else you got to circle around? Because this War of Will is a really interesting animal. He is an interesting animal, uh, John. And one thing that Mark Cassie pointed out to me uh, just the other day was that if, you, if you're a big time buff, he finished just a tick slower than Signalman finished the grade two Kentucky Jockey Club, which was run on the same day. And Tyler Goffleone gear was gearing the horse, was gearing War of Will down the last sixteenth of a mile, so he could have very well finished a faster time than Signalman. Uh definitely moving to the dirt was was the right go. Uh obviously he's by Warfront. It makes sense to run him on the turf. And one thing that I also would like to point out is that you said the dam is a half to spinning world. War of Will is a half to Tacticus, a two-time dirt marathon stake winner. He's also a half to, I believe the horse's name was Pathfork, who is a Group 1 winner in Ireland. So this horse certainly boasts a very prestigious pedigree. Uh, you know, then, and Justin Cassie, Mark's brother, went overseas and bought him from France. Yeah. Uh, so they, and and they, they, call, they call the horse WOW around the barn. Yep. You know, obviously I love it. it's, a, it's an acronym. 
but it, but wow was the first thing they thought of when they saw the horse train. But but I will I will steer away from him for for a moment and talk about two other horses you mentioned. Roland, uh, a horse that Tom Amos is. Tom Amos has won the LeCompte four times uh, in his career. Obviously a New Orleans trainer, very acclimated with the fairgrounds. Uh, Tom spoke some very high volumes of this horse when I spoke to him uh, last week. You know, this horse sprung an upset against winners two starts back, uh, and he was said he was twenty eight. He was twenty eight to one. But Tom Amos said it was one of the only times in my career I looked at the tote board and saw my horse as a long shot and thought he should have been one of the favorites. Uh, so, and and another thing that that he said in, that impressed him with this horse was he came from off the pace to win at Indiana Grand, which is something that is not easy to do, uh, especially going one turn. Well, uh, I'm telling you what, my producer is telling me that uh, time's getting tight, and I don't want to let the silver bullet day get by. Uh, we got about three minutes to, to run this one by, and uh, I don't have four of them to pick. Uh, I've, I've got uh, Need Supervision, who I know likes to slop, but, I mean, the only great stakes winner – Wire to wire in the field. It's also one on the slop. Uh, Leora, I think it's the one you want to key on top. But I'm going to walk you through this one, and it seems like Ryan, Martin, and I are on the same uh, queue uh, for a lot of these races. Uh, Leora, uh, trained by the cat, Wayne Catalano, a native of the fairgrounds. And uh, this is a daughter of Candy Ride. I've if you listen to this show, you know that I've loved that stallion before everybody else loved him. Uh, his son-in-law, Channing Hill, will be in the saddle. But uh, the only graded stakes winner uh, won the Golden Rod at Churchill Downs, which uh, bodes well for perhaps a peak at the Kentucky Oaks uh, down the road. So I, re- I really feel that things are setting up well for Leora, who's been training steadily uh, since coming to, from Louisville at the fairgrounds. And uh, that's the one to, to, to beat, in my opinion. Then, uh, uh, Ryan, we lost you for a minute there. I'm going with Leora as, as my, my top pick in the uh, Silver Bullet Day. And then I'm like a need supervision and perhaps Mandy Blue underneath. Kind of tight for time. Agree or disagree? Blue is a little iffy, um, but but Liara, you know, Cat really thinks highly of her. Uh, he was originally going to bypass this race and just go straight to the Rachel Alexandra, but what's the old saying? Run them when they're good. You know, that's the Dwayne Lucas philosophy, and I think uh, Catalano's kind of taken that to heart uh, in regards to to Liara. He obviously she's ready to roll; otherwise, she wouldn't be in here. Uh, I spoke with uh, Jerry O'Dwyer, the trainer of Need Supervision. You know, he really likes uh, this filly a lot as well. Had um, had a close eye on her when he bought her from the, the Mid-Atlantic sale just last year and really loved her ever since. Uh, so, you know, and then she's won over a sloppy track, as has Leora. So, you know, that's obviously something to consider. Yeah, I mean, in this race, at least there's four horses uh, that have won on the slop, so it's given us a little more to look at as far as experience that that's concerned. Well, uh, Josh, my producer, is telling me I get out of here. Hey, great segment, Ryan. I'm glad you got a chance to to chime in with the new head of the UofL equine program, Sean Byrne, and I wish you nothing but the best down there at the fairgrounds, and you know I'll be back in touch with you when the races get bigger and bigger on Chantilly Boulevard. That's right, and it's only up from here on out. All right. Well, thanks a lot. Again, uh, we've been talking with Ryan Martin, uh, also uh, the, the new head of the University of Louisville equine program, Sean Byrne. want to remind you there's also a lot of big races down at Gulfstream Park, so come to winningponies.com. Pull down those easy win forms. So besides thanking those guys, I want to thank my producer, Josh, for keeping me in line. And I want to remind you, if you go to the races, remember – Bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.